the homily for the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. My dear friends, today I would like to use this opportunity of today's epistle and gospel to speak of a topic that is uh, rarely discussed, and that would be the proper use of riches, how should we see material things, and what our Lord speaks to us today, what, what our Lord says to us in the gospel, to be detached from earthly things, to practice the virtue of poverty even. I would like to speak of all these things, and I would like to refer it to today's prayer, to today's collect prayer. We read in that prayer, Because without you, O Lord, human frailty goes astray, may be be withheld by your grace of what is hurtful, and directed to what is profitable. These words, in a certain way, could say could, could be referred to mean that we're asking our Lord not to get involved in excess, not to get lost in excess in this life. We ask our Lord to take us away from those things that are seemingly good, but that in, in reality hurt us, and to be led rather to the things that really do give us a good profit, a good benefit, a lasting, even everlasting benefit. Allow me, my dear friends, first of all, to comment on those words of the Collect Prayer. Without God, human frailty goes astray. It is important for us to understand that as human beings we are born defective. We are born with evil inclinations, and especially we are born with the defect of going always to an extreme. A priest once told me, uh, gave me an example, he said, men meaning human beings, we are like a drunken man that is walking on a hanging bridge. You know, those hanging bridges that don't have anything on the sides to hold on to, where you can fall to one side or the other. And he said, men are like that. You know, after original sin, we are like a drunken man trying to avoid falling to one or the other, but constantly leaning in the danger of falling into one of the or the other. This applies especially when it comes to material goods, to riches, to money even to the desire to obtain these riches or money. It is very easy for us to fall into an excess in those things. And that's why the words of our Lord in the Gospel today are so necessary to us. He says to us, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will stand by the one, adhere to the one, and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve two masters, our Lord is saying. And so if you go to the one extreme of serving material things, you will not be able to serve God. Now, you cannot serve God and mammon. What does this mean? Well, some people will read, you cannot serve God and the world. Others will say, you cannot serve God and man. By extension, both of these are true. Yes, the world, men, riches, they're all one thing. But the proper meaning of these words, you cannot serve God and mammon, is you cannot serve God and money. The word mammon, the Aramaic of it, means literally money. So it is used as a representation of greed. So our Lord is warning us about this, this inclination that we have to serve money, to serve material things, to put all our hearts, all our efforts into acquiring more and more, or keeping more and more, or desiring more and more. Allow me then today to speak to you of three points. First, 
I would like to go a little bit deeper into the disorder of greed, of, of uh, the excess in material things. Second, I would like to speak to you of what is the proper use of riches, of money, of wealth. And I'm not going to say that you have to give all your money to the church. That's not what I'm going to say. And the third point that I would like to make is that the virtue of poverty is a virtue that we can all practice, even those who are wealthy. And I'll explain how. Let's uh, speak first of the disorder of greed. Greed is defined in moral theology as the inordinate desire for material goods. Now, the first thing that we think of when we say greed, we speak, we always think of gross greed. You know, like the Scrooge guy from, from the Christmas tale. But no, in order to have greed, you don't have to be wealthy. In order to have greed, you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be in the most gross manner. You can have greed just by a disorder in the way in which you work, in the way in which you administer your things, in the way in which you have your priorities sorted. And how do you know? How do you know if you're a victim of greed? How do you know if this is a sin that you commit? Because it's kind of, it's kind of in the background. It's kind of hard to see it. Well, the answer to that is in today's words from our Lord. You cannot serve God and money. And so the question that you need to ask yourself, if you want to know, if you have greed, the question that you need to ask yourself is this. Whom do I serve? Whom do I serve? Look at the time, how you spend it, the efforts that you do, your concerns, your priorities. If all of these things revolve above, around money, if most of your time goes into getting money, if most of your time escapes you by administering your money and your material wealth, if your main worries are what's going to happen with your money, how am I going to make more, how am I going to lose less, if you find your, yourself constantly thinking of things related to your material goods, and at the same time you find yourself neglecting, forgetting the things of God, giving priority to your office work rather than the rosary, going to get more money from your work rather than going to Mass, neglecting your family, neglecting your wife, neglecting your children because you want to make more money, because you are busy, because your work demands you, then, my dear friend, it is not necessary to ask. It is clear you serve money. Money is your king. Money is your god even if you've never said it with words. Ask yourself this question, for example, just for an interesting exercise. Ask yourself, if going to Mass cost me, let's say, 10% of my salary, of my monthly salary, if I make, let's say, $10,000, and going to Mass costed me for, the, for, for going to Mass throughout the month, cost me $1,000, would I hesitate going because of the cost? It's a tough question. I think most of us perhaps would. But that tells something. That tells that my priorities are not in the right place. It's true, 10% is a lot of money, but a mass is much more valuable. And if you find yourself in this situation, my dear friend, if you find yourself in a situation where you're serving money, or your work, or your greed, or the desire to have more, even if it's with a good intention, but you find yourself serving material things, 
and I say good intention, quote-unquote, if you find yourself in that situation, be afraid. Do fear, and do consider that you need to change your life urgently. You need to change your priorities, your decisions, the time that you spent urgently. Because the infinite truth our Lord Jesus Christ said, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to save himself. Think of these words. Try to make a camel, a camel, excuse me, go through the eye of a needle. Try to do it. Go and try it. It sounds funny. It sounds like a joke. But you try to do it. It's impossible. And what does that tell you? It tells you that it is impossible. Impossible. For a person that is rich in heart to save his soul. Impossible. Not difficult. Impossible. Our Lord does say, the things that are impossible to men are possible to God. And what he means by that is that it would, be, it would take a miracle to save a person that is attached to money, to wealth, to material riches. Miracles are happen, but they are not humanly possible. Our Lord also said, there where your treasure is, there will your heart be. And so if you find yourself attached to your work, attached to your money, attached to the success perhaps that you have, that's where your heart is. And that's where it, would be, it will be found when you die. Not with God, not in the church, not in salvation, but where rocks and metals are found under the earth. There's a story that proves this to be true. At a certain point, St. Anthony was uh, Saint Anthony of Padua. He was entrusted with saying the funeral of a rich man. St. Anthony, I'm not sure if he knew or what he knew, but he agreed. But he, be, before he started the funeral, he started preaching about the dead man. And his, his sermon was quite strong. He condemned the man. He said he was evil. He said he had sinned. He said he was even in hell. Now, you can imagine what would happen if you come to the church and you ask Father Cepeda to do a, a funeral for your relative. And Father Cepeda starts saying in the funeral that your relative is in hell. Well, yes, you would be very, very upset. These people were furious, livid. And they obviously, they stood up and they shut up at St. Anthony and they said, shut up. How dare you? How dare you? defame our relative like that. How, how do you even know that he is in hell? And St. Anthony of Padua, he was obviously guided by the Holy Ghost. And he said to them, if you don't believe me, go and open the treasure, the, the arcs where he had his treasure, and you will find there his heart. Well, these people, obviously, they don't believe that is true, but they wanted to prove St. Anthony wrong. So they go over there, they open the treasure, and lo and behold, there is a heart. Everybody backed out in panic, just afraid, but still they don't believe it. They think maybe this monk figured this out, you know, made an arrangement to impress people. And so in order to still prove him wrong, they head back to the body and they open the body. And it turns out the body doesn't have its heart. It's the one that was there in the treasure. And so my dear friends, these words are very true. There where your treasure is, there will your heart, and I might say, your soul will also be. And my friend, in vain 
do you seek happiness in material goods? In vain do you seek happiness in money, in financial success. All these things are dead in themselves. All these things are inferior to you. How can they fill you? How can they satisfy you if they're all inferior to you? Many young men in today's age want to get money and want to be financially successful. And I'm not condemning that, but I, I, want, to, I want you to understand exactly what that means. What do you get when you get money? And anyone who has a lot of money here can tell you if this is true or not. Money will burden you with thousands of chores, thousands of paperwork, lawyers, emails, administration, sleepless nights, bitter conversations, families that are in, tense, in tension constantly, children that don't respond to, your, to their parents, that don't love them, or that's not the case always, but in the majority of cases that is. People being tired, people being without time for their families, spending 10, 20, 30, 40 years of their lives to become wealthy, wasting away the beautiful moments that they could have spent with their children, with their wives, with their husbands. Money is one of the most horrible tyrants that there are. It makes men and women to work without end, without seeing ever an end to it. I once was talking to a man who was a Mexican worker, working here in America, and he was illegal. He didn't have papers. So one of the jobs that he did was working in the fields where they uh, plant beans. And he said that was one of the hardest ones that he did, because what they do, the person that is harvesting the beans because the plants are so small, at least that was in his case, they would bend down facing the earth, and they would just go picking up the beans for a long line, the long line of the whole field. They never get up. They never look forward, because that hurts. It hurts to get up and down. So it's better for them to just stay down, pick up all the beans as they go through the line, and then at the end of the line they rest a little bit. That, to me, is a perfect illustration of what happens with the person that puts his priority in material goods. They're just bent down, working, 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 working. They keep working. They never look at an end. They never see it. They imagine it's there. But they just work blindly for this tyrant that is the money. Now, here's where we come to that point where, you know, people will say... Well, Father, I don't work that hard anymore. Now I can enjoy my riches. Or, Father, this doesn't apply to me because my plan is I'm only going to work until I'm 40, 45, until I get this much money, then I will retire. So that's not too bad. Well, listen to what our Lord says in his gospel again. I'm not going to respond with my words. Let's let our Lord respond. These are literally his words. He says, the land of a certain rich man brought forth plenty of fruit on a certain year. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room to bestow all my fruits. I got too many. I got too much of a harvest this year. It's great. I don't even have room for it. So he said to himself, I'm going to do this. I'm going to destroy my barns. I got so much that I can destroy my barns, build greater barns. And I'm going to store all my harvest in there and all my goods. And I'm going to sit down and I'm going to say to myself, Now I have many goods laid up for many years. I can take my rest. I can retire. I can eat. I can drink. 
I can make good cheer. I can party, you could say. But our Lord tells us, what did God say to this man? Thou fool. Thou fool. This night will I require your soul from you. And all these things that you have accumulated, this big house, this great barn, these riches, they're going to go to someone else. To who? Fool. And our Lord says, So it is he who layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich towards God. And so my dear friend, as much as it might seem, I am not talking here about against people that have a lot of money. Of course not. Whether you have the riches, or you're just seeking to obtain them, or you're very poor. But if you serve them, if you serve material things, and they are your priority, even above God, whether you're rich or poor, but if you serve those things, then you're lost, you're blind, you're starving, you're thirsty. And what's even worse, you're so lost, you don't even know where to find the water and the food that will truly fill you up. At this point, someone might be saying, Then what, Father? Am I not to work? Am I supposed to pretend that I'm just going to sit down and I will get everything that I need by merely sitting in my house and praying the rosary? What do you want, what do you want me to do, Father? I'm not supposed to, I, I can't do what St. Francis did. You know, it would be nice, but I can't do that. I can just give everything away because I have kids to feed. I have my wife to keep feed. I have my parents. So what are you expecting me to do? Well, my dear friends, that brings us to the second point. Let me speak now of the right way to use our riches. The right way to see material things. I'm not telling you not to work. I'm not telling you to neglect your family. What I'm telling you is this, there is a right way to do it. The key to understand how we are to deal with material goods and material riches are in today's words from the gospel. What, do us, what does our Lord say there? If you pay attention, he says it repeatedly, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious about what you are going to eat. Do not be anxious about what you're going to wear. Do not be anxious about your roof or where you're going to sleep. He's not saying be idle. He is not saying be lazy. He is saying, don't let that be your priority. Do not be anxious. And the key then, my dear friends, is this. It makes a whole world of difference. Why you do you do the things? What is your intention? Because if you will go out to work because you want to earn money and you want to be successful and you want to have luxuries and you want to retire soon and you want to keep your train of life, and you want to keep your status, then you're serving mamona, you're serving the money. But if you go out to work, and you think to yourself, I am a servant of God, and I will go out to serve God. And I will make money, yes, but to serve God. And I will sustain my family and support my family, because I love my family, and I want to serve God by loving my family, by supporting them. I want to keep God's commandments, I go out not to make money. I go out and make money because of my duties, because of my love of God and my family. Then you are not anxious to make money. You are anxious to love God. And you are anxious to support your family. And then things will be properly balanced. Because you know what? 
If you really have that intention, it won't matter to you if you're making much or less money. You'll try to make as much money as you can, obviously, to do your duties. But regardless of how much money you make, you will be happy, you will be cheerful, you will go out there because your job is to, to do your duties. You know how to know if this is your situation? When you're willing to put your job aside and spend time with your family. When you're willing to put yourself aside and spend time with your family, with your wife, with your children, with your parents. When faced between going to make more money or going to mass or paying your rosary or learning more about what's necessary for your salvation, you give this the priority, the things that are truly profitable. If this is the case, then you're not serving the money. The money is serving you so that you can serve God. And this is what I'm saying. And this is what our Lord is saying in today's gospel. Now, my dear friends, in this case, as I said, we will always fall into excess. Or rather, I, I, should, rephrase, I should rephrase. It is very easy for us to fall into excesses. It is very easy for us to deceive ourselves. As the prayer says, human frailty without God goes astray. It is very easy for us to go astray. How do you know then how to not go astray? How to keep close to God? How to keep away from that disattachment to material things? How to use them and not be used by them? And the answer to this is the third point that I mentioned. To, to have love of poverty. I'll end with this and I'll try to be as brief as possible. Poverty is a virtue, is not a commandment. Our Lord never said in the gospel, thou shalt be poor. He couldn't command that to us because not everyone would be able to do it. Some of us, whether we like it or not, some of us have to have money. Some of us, well, I'm not saying that I have money, but some of us collectively here, uh, someone has to have money, someone has to be wealthy, someone has to pay for companies and, and build businesses so that people can work. So our Lord didn't command us to be poor, but he gave us the counsel to be poor in spirit. It's a counsel. And that's why he said, blessed are the poor, the poor in spirit. And what he means to say there is this. Poverty is a good thing, meaning detachment from material things is a good thing. Practice it in as much as you can. If you are religious, then be entirely poor and enjoy it. It's a privilege that is yours. If you are a single person, or if you have a family, and you have children and a wife, and if you have to even save money for them, save the money. Make all the money that you're making, that's fine. But be detached from it. Don't live in luxury. Don't live in wealth. Don't live in riches. Rather, live modestly, with measure, with sobriety. You cannot be poor in act, but at least be poor in spirit. And, and mortify yourself in the use of your earthly goods. My dear friends, even if we were not talking about religion, even if we were to leave Jesus Christ out and we were to forget the gospel, these are words of wisdom. Because if you have plenty of money, but if you live as if you had less than what you have, you will summon to yourself many less troubles, 
you will summon to yourself much more loyal friends and you will permit that your family enjoys much more peace, much more closeness, much more love because riches usually hinder all those things. Thus, my dear friends, today we pray in the Ecolect Prayer. We pray that our Lord, knowing how prone we are to being astray, how prone we are to being, uh, to being mistaken, we pray that since human frailty goes astray without God, that God averts from us materialism and this greed and this attachment to material things, and we say, withhold from us what is hurtful, dear Lord. And we also pray that our Lord shows us what is truly profitable, what is truly good, what is truly leading to happiness and to joy and peace by saying, direct us to what is truly profitable. And so as we continue with Mass today, my dear friends, let us ask our Lord that He removes from our hearts the desire of material things, that He puts in our hearts rather the desire of heavenly things, and especially a love of the virtue of poverty, of sobriety, of moderation. And we say with all our hearts, as we said in today's collect, because without you, O Lord, human frailty goes astray, may be withheld by your grace of what is hurtful, and be directed to what is profitable. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs>